Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, my next guest is the founder and chief storyteller of ISIMO, a Utah-based story agency. I believe in helping people be their best and helping mission-driven organizations inspire their audiences and attract capital through social impact storytelling. Welcome, sir, Jacob Haney. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for the invite. Oh, anytime. You uh, you do some pretty amazing things, and and uh, I probably haven't told you enough along the, these past few years watching you do your thing. So tell us a little bit about Isimo, you know, maybe like the, you know, how you guys got started, um, you maybe how your vision has changed from when you got started, or if it hasn't, how you've evolved as kind of a first jumping off place. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's good. I mean, my, I got into this industry, I mean, growing up was, took every art class I could, and loved um, writing, loved literature, you know, and, um, and in hindsight, I can see that that sort of like visual storytelling is a thread that kind of goes through that. Um, but growing up, I had no idea about that, you know, of like that there was a real career to be done. Uh, ended up, you know, my first major in college was microbiology, but, um, you know, kind of shifted from that. Um, and my undergrad is in film and uh, did a hybrid degree from the MBA in communication schools at Syracuse University. And it was focused more on um, business storytelling. And, you know, when we started uh, ECMO, it was, it was very much focused on the production side of it. And our name was ECMO Productions. And it was, it was much more about like the you know, the technical execution and the assembly of um, video. And as it evolved, I, like, because we wanted to do a good job, we kept asking more and more questions and that moved us more and more upstream with our clients in terms of, um, you know, we're doing this commercial about a guy in a chicken suit. Well, why is he in a chicken suit? What does that have to do with your brand and who you're trying to be as an organization? And what's your why and what, you know, um, who are you trying to communicate to and what do they want to accomplish in their lives and how are you serving what they're doing? And anyway, like we, we had a number of clients say, you, one, you ask a lot of questions, which can be a good or bad thing. <laughs> and, um, but, you're asking stuff that our agency of record isn't even asking us, or you know, you you care a lot about who we are as an organization and in like what, uh, and so like what we kind of have pivoted towards and and have evolved towards is we now call ourselves ECMO Story Agency, and all that that is that's to I guess reinforce the idea that we're storytellers and. Most of the time that end product, that end deliverable has a visual story component, um, a video and animation, photography, an article that we help get published, some, some way to articulate that story in a visual way. But, um, 
but really at the end of the day, it's about how do we, how do we crystallize that story into a, the right form in a meaningful way that's going to attract the right people. Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting pivot. The, the other kind of pivot we've gone through, um, you know, we started it, it, it started in 2006 and for the first decade or more, it was, you know, we are a local firm uh, focused on mostly local clients, uh, occasionally getting a bigger fish that was outside of the state. And, um, and it was, it was about all about like networking locally and getting um, being a known quantity here, and that's how you and I met at some of those kind of networking events, and um, and so it was is sort of we'll do any video for anyone as long as you know your check doesn't bounce, um, and a few that did, you know, you've been there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the about three or four years ago had. Uh, had a project that sort of opened our eyes to more of like a social impact, um, doing good in the world through um, using business as a tool to make the world a better place. And um, just kind of fell in love with that. And a lot of things kind of coalesced for us in terms of the kinds of stories that we love telling, um, the need that's there and, you know, the fact that we're actually pretty good at it and that people are, you know, want what we have to offer. And so, um, what that's meant is it's, it's taken us from kind of a local player to our clients are all over the world. Um, you know, this, just this morning, for example, like first call of the day was with a client in Switzerland. That's an impact investment bank. Um, the second call was with a tech startup in Norway that is trying to help uh, help consumers make better buying decisions so that... Um, you know, things that are sustainable and, and uh, you know, equitable for all the participants, you know, that they can vote with their dollars and, and buy more responsibly and helping them craft their story. And the second, the third call was with an investment group out of uh, Peru that's trying to uh, get investors towards uh, for like healthcare technology to, to bring it to um, poor communities that don't have some of these resources and how to how to message their offering so that uh, the right people take notice and so it's been it's been kind of fun and it's been an interesting evolution of um, you know and so, sometimes our work doesn't end up in uh, just a film or video but it might be their pitch deck or it might be content that ends up on their website and but we don't we still we're not a full service agency in terms of we're not going to design their billboard. We're not going to build their website or run their social media, but, but their story touches on all of those things. And so there's times where we might partner with people to help share it out to those places. But anyway, that, that's sort of, that's sort of been the brief evolution of where we started and where we're at. And um, it's been a fun, fun journey. And, and I guess, on some level, being able to do work that um, we feel like we can put our heart and soul into, and also that um, being proud of like what the end result is—that it's it's not just some more widgets or help make billionaires richer. It's also about how do we how do we make a 
a better planet for everybody. How do we make things, uh, you know, that uh, yeah, that we can be proud of and that leaves a, a better legacy for for the kind of right. things that people are doing. So, well, you mentioned, you know, you're not the full service agency, and the first image that popped into my head was In and Out Burger, and I compare them to like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or all these other fast foods that they're constantly changing their menu, trying to appease the masses. And in and out has four things on their menu and they just are phenomenal at it, at that experience, at that one thing that they do. And it's, I, I completely appreciate that because I don't like being, I think when you try to do too much for everybody, you, you, it gets watered down. So I'm glad that you guys are focused on, you know, kind of not doing everything and just let you, you know, focus on your craft. So there you go. You and in and out burger, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a double, double animal style. Maybe you yeah. could do a video on the secret menu, <laughs> you know, how that came about, you know, in the club. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, like, like expounding on the power of like story as a medium. Yeah. Versus, you know, another medium, you know, why mm -hmm. is it so powerful? Yeah, I love this quote. I, I wish I had come up with it, but um, but it says, the shortest distance between two people is a story. And so stories are really how we connect with other human beings. It's, um, it's how we make sense of the world. And it, um, we're hardwired even in our biology for story. And um, as, so in a lot of ways it's more tapping into this natural pattern that we tend to fall into of like, and, and want to make sense of the world through the stories that we tell. And yes, there's, you can go back, you know, like to the oral tradition and how stories were told and how, you know, but, it, but in a lot of ways it's, you know, you can touch on stuff from Joseph Campbell and the hero of a thousand faces and the monomyth the idea of like the hero's journey and all of those things I think underlie like the, um, the power of storytelling. I think right now, especially, it's sort of a, has a has a heyday, and there's a lot of buzz and talk about storytelling, and it's used probably very broadly in terms of what it means. And um, so, but but it, I think at the end of the day, it, it it's helping helping people make sense of the world. Um, it's and it's inherently a reductive act. It's it's about simplifying things for people. So um, like even a lot of what I found is like a lot of the consulting that I do with clients is forcing them to how to say less and to focus down instead of, you know, if you've read the book Essentialism, they, there's this idea of like this company that they, they met with the author that they had their 17 priorities. And in a lot of ways that doesn't, you know, that sounds very corporate-y and it's like, a priority really the word means it's the one thing above all else you know but we but we like to think that we can prioritize everything that everything is you know we can have 17 things that we focus on but the whole idea of focus is that there's there's one thing there there's you have to narrow the range of possibilities and so like if if you think of the hero's journey and maybe i'm a nerd but like if we use the idea of uh, like lord of the rings as a as an example 
you know, there's there's one quest for Frodo. It's how do we destroy the One Ring? You know, we've got to get to Mount Doom and throw it in the fire. Um, there's not also the side story of Frodo trying to start a side business doing lawn care or this love interest in, in a rom-com on the side. It's like, there's one thing, there's, there's you know, there's an obstacle that he has to overcome. It might take a lot of different shapes and it's a longer story, but, but at the end of the day, it's, there's one person who needs to do one thing and there's something in the way and how did they overcome that? And for a brand or a business, it's, I think one of the biggest mistakes brands make is that they put themselves as the hero of the story and they're actually the sidekick. They're actually the one helping the audience member to accomplish what they want, to get to where they're trying to go on their journey, to overcome that obstacle that they have. And so in that, in that sense though, like as a, as a brand, how do, you, how do you help your audience? Um, you, you might be Samwise Gamgee, the, the loyal friend is gonna be that companion. There might be, you might be the wise guide and be Gandalf and help them, help point them in the right direction and have the map to lead to where they need to go. You might be Aragorn and you might be the one who's protecting them and will fight for them. You might be the comic relief and be Merry and Pippin. Um, but, but as a brand, like you take the back seat and you help the audience put themselves as in the center of your story as the protagonist and that they see that what you do helps them overcome their obstacle to get to where they're trying to go. Um, that's really the, the core of what I think a brand story is about is um, articulating how you're going to help them get what they want and become. And it really at the end of the day, it, that thing that they want usually has, it, it isn't just the product or the service that you do. It's, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of need, it's, it's really, how do you help them become who they are trying to become? How do you help them accomplish their why in life? How do you help them buy the, like they're buying the emotion that they're, they're wanting from that. So a lot, a lot of times there's this, uh, in marketing, there's this adage of uh, people don't buy a, a quarter inch drill bit. They want a quarter inch hole. You know, they want the benefit of that. Yeah, the um, result of the product. They want the result. And, and I think, to push that a little bit further. So if you think, okay, someone walks into Home Depot, they, they're looking for a quarter inch drill bit because they want a quarter inch hole. Well, the quarter inch hole is there because they want to hang a, a picture frame. They want to decorate the, the nursery before the baby comes. What they're really buying is they want to buy the feeling that they're a good parent, that they're prepared for when the baby comes and the, and as a marketer, as a brand, the closer closer you can get to that, <coughs> the closer you can get to that core emotional benefit that they want, not just the product, not just the tangible features, not just the, the marketed benefits, but what's the core emotional benefit, even a step beyond that of like, what does that help them feel? How does that help them become who they're trying to become? Um, the more you can speak to that, the, the more powerful the connection. The, and part of that is also the fact that this like behavioral science and like the brain science behind how decisions are made, we actually make decisions from an emotional standpoint and then justify it logically. We, we, the center for all like 
feeling in, in action and behavior is in the limbic brain. And then we, we use our prefrontal cortex to like justify, to create an alibi of like, well, I did that because it, it totally makes sense. It's logical, but what actually pulls the trigger, what gets us to behave and act and do is, is unlocked because of emotion. So as, as marketers, as, as brands, we, we should care deeply about emotion and because emotion is what unlocks behavior that we want. That might be a vote, that might be a purchase, that might be to, for someone to volunteer, that might be to change someone's mind. Um, whatever action we're trying to drive. Um, and it just so happens that story is one of the best tools for evoking emotion that then unlocks behavior that gets people to, to act and do, you know, and influences what they, you know, the, the actions they take. Um, you know, and it's not, a, it's not a perfect science, it's not mind control, but it is about influencing people. It's about inspiring people, it's about, um, shifting perceptions and behaviors. And, um, and so I've, I find it fascinating. It touches on so many different things of, uh, of biology, sociology, about um, psychology. It's a, uh, it, you know, there's, there's an artistic element to it. There's, um, you know, and there's, there's a whole technical side of, of kind of crafting these stories, but, um, so I think at the end of the day, though, it's it's really like stories, the tool that helps, you know, like uh, helps you connect with that other person. And and what I care about is as a person is like, how do we how do we better love other people? How do we, um, you know, and when we understand people and their stories and when we share our stories with them, like that's how we build a foundation of trust is uh and and I think I think if we if we actually get past sort of the labels that we like to throw up about people, um, and we can connect with human beings as human beings, um, I think we will we can avoid a lot of the the I, I think name calling and um, you know othering that we t are doing in society right now. Um, so you're like a visual psychologist. That's what I just called. That's what, that's the label I just gave you guys. Another one. I've been called worse, but yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned that you mentioned othering, which I'd, I'd never heard that phrase before, but it makes total sense about, you know, maybe you can describe how you understand that word you know, othering. Yeah, uh, I think, and I didn't coin that phrase either, but, but I, but I kind of grabbed onto it. It, it sort of, encompasses this idea of um, that I'm separate from you and that um, it creates more distance between us as um, fellow travelers on this on this rock third rock from the sun kind of thing that we're um, othering is is just um, it's a way of pushing people away and sort of like lumping them into broad categories that we can um, dehumanize. And I think, I think that's the real, um, thing that we need to avoid. And I think uh, if you look at, you know, like the work of Brene Brown, um, fascinated by her work and research, uh, you know, and she, she says, you know, she's, her work is apolitical. Um, it's not, it's not about driving for 
a particular um, political view. It's it's more about how how are human beings wired and what what do we actually need and and like the, we th we thrive on connection and we um, we need to belong and we're um, and we're also like trying to keep our independence and who we are as individuals. Um, so we we are are always trying to gather people around us that we that we feel safe with, but but inherently sometimes though the process is that we have to exclude someone else and we have to draw boundaries and hide behind our bunkers to uh, to feel like that well, that's what defines us and and uh, instead of I, I think seeing the humanity in all people and um, and and I think seeing that uh, we're far more what what unites us is far more than what divides us um, and in a way, I think storytelling is powerful in that way that it, it can help bridge some of those divides that I may never know what I, I may never know what it's like to be um, a refugee and starving and, and being in a new country that I don't speak the language, but I can, I can experience a little bit of that um, just to get a glimmer of that um, through a film or through a story that is shared. And um, we have a tremendous capacity for, um, for connection and also, also for um, distancing ourselves and othering. And, you know, we, we're, we're inherently um, um, social creatures and there, there's some fascinating things with just how, um, how like different neurotransmitters work in our brain, but like if, Brian, if I, if I see um, you, you're helping some, you know, someone broke down on the side of the road and you're helping change the tire, well, um, you helping that person, they feel a surge of oxytocin that someone is caring for you. You also feel that same surge of oxytocin. I might be driving by on the freeway and I observe that um, our mirror neurons allow us to feel what we see other people feeling. And it's why we love to watch watch films and other people, even sports, that we feel like we're there on the field and that touchdown was my touchdown as much as it was the, the people wearing the jersey on the field. And so like when we can put ourselves in other people's shoes, when we can have that empathy um, and, and like even if I'm just observing that you doing service for somebody changing a tire on the side of the road, I feel a surge of oxytocin almost as much as if I was the person being benefited or the person benefiting it. And so what that means is also it, it can be viral in the sense of you can feel that sense of connection and, and belonging that oxytocin in, in, um, inspires um, even from a distance, even through a story that's shared or, um, or a film that you watch or um, you know, someone sharing about it on a podcast somewhere. So, I mean, I think there's, um, I, I want to inspire more of that, that we, we feel more connected and we, feel, we see more of our common humanity as opposed to less and less, that we feel more and more isolated, that we draw a tighter and tighter box around who is like me and everyone else is scary and evil and wrong. And, um, and so like the, the end of the day, it's like, how, I, I, I just want us to, love one another. I, th I think that's the, the 
ultimate thing like and it's it's not just uh, hippies and rainbows and like I, i'm not saying that like that solves all of our problems right away but um but so much has to do with how, the the stories that we tell ourselves about um and what we what we choose to believe and we can choose to think a new thought we can choose to think um something different that can can embrace more of um our fellow brothers and sisters on this world um so I don't know if, uh, I feel like I went way off topic with that, but no, you didn't, but it's like, you know, maybe the hippies have the hippies had a, a good thing and you know, the whole love the world, love your neighbor. That is cliche, but it's still true. And to be able to, to create things that maybe help other people um, get their head around doing that more and being more of that is a huge undertaking. There's no shortage of work for you or anyone for that matter. We, we can all be, we can all be a little kinder in everything that we do. Um, especially nowadays, you know, with the, the current environment that we're in, you know, we got to feel all the feels as they say. So what, wait, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I think we, we don't, it, it is hard to have empathy I mean, it, it can be like, it can be painful or uncomfortable. Um, it's a lot easier to be angry and um, which is really just fear and uh, that we want to feel like we have control of. So we, we get angry. Um, but it, you know, the, the, why don't we just love each other? And I, th I think part of it is like, we also, um, that, Part of othering is that we just we don't we don't um, we don't see the um, we don't see ourselves in them and we don't see them in ourselves. So it's um, I I I wonder if it's you know reaching out you know just to use a political the political arena as an example maybe reaching out to the other side maybe there's a fear that we will lose a little bit of ourselves and what we've been conditioned to believe. And maybe that's where some of the fear is of that unknown. It's like, well, if I, you know, if I, if I talk to these Mormon missionaries, I'm going to lose part of my faith because they're going to suck it out of me. You know, maybe there's some of that fear and that's why people don't do it. And I, yeah, it is easier to hate and to throw bombs and, and hide behind your shelters, you know, whether, or whether it be your home or a, a wall or a, virtual wall meaning your keyboard or your your laptops your phones mm -hmm. that's my theory well tell me tell me a little bit like you know in the things that you're do, that you've done over the years like what is is there like a common theme or, or like but maybe a common challenge to telling each of these stories or does each one have its own set of challenges i mean i think there's um there's some common threads as far as um, things that we run into as far as like what people are trying to tell their story. First one is that idea of hero complex that they put themselves as the protagonist. Um, the, another thing is, is, and you get this from, from a branding standpoint, but if you, if you try to be all things to all people, you're nothing to everyone, right? It, yeah. You have to be hyper relevant for some and a brand is like a, a magnet. Um, so it attracts the right kind of people to you. 
But there's also the other side of the magnet that in the same force, same amount of intensity will repel the wrong side, the wrong type of uh, customers. And, and there's often a lot of pushback of, um, you know, that we, red flag often for us is, well, everyone is our customer. <coughs> well, no, not even Walmart has, is for everyone. Not, um, you know, the, there's, um, and the more that you try to water yourself down to be everything to everyone, it, it um, especially in, in our society today, in the, the overabundance of choice and options and customization and individualization, um, you really need to narrow what your, your focus is. And that's not just niching it in the sense of like your personas and who do you, you target, but it's also what do you, what do you stand for and what, what do you uniquely provide um, the world? And so like, uh, one of the things that I see come up is sometimes businesses will want to just chase the latest shiny object of what, oh, there's this trend, we should jump on it. We should be this, and there's this new product that we need to, we need to be there. And, and I think there's wisdom in trying to learn from market trends and timing. But what I'd say is like the first step though is look internal, look inside, you know, understand what makes you tick and what your why is. Because you know what, there, there's a thousand different ways. There's a million different businesses that could thrive and succeed. Um, and you can't, you can't do all those, you can't be all those, but you, and especially you can't be authentic to all of those. You can't do something that um, once the blushes off the rose, why do you, what's, what's going to be the fuel source to keep you going? And if you don't have that internal combustion that is driving you, that, that is fueled from your passions and like what, what really makes you tick and why um, it's something that you can get behind and it's going to get you through the hard times, um, then, then it's a sort of fly by night chasing um, the winds of, you know, of opportunity. But if you first ground yourself in what your why is, if you think about drilling down a pylon on one side of a cliff, you know, and anchoring that, and then the other side of this chasm, you drill down and understand your audience and, you know, what, what are they trying to become and what's the emotion they're trying to buy and what, who, um, <clears throat> what are the, what are the benefits and features that they're after, you know, like all those things of like drilling deep when you understand them solidly, then, then you can build a bridge between those two things that are anchored by who you are and who they are and, and connect them to help them overcome the chasm and get to where they're trying to go, that you're building a bridge to what they need. Um, you know, there's that idea of in Manhattan, there's 21 bridges and you might have the best bridge to get somebody to Brooklyn, but if they're trying to go to Queens, it doesn't matter how good your bridge is. It, um, and so there's, there's one being like creating value that, you know, it's like the people that are actually after, but, but then it's, um, do you, is everything, if, if it's a suspension bridge, this idea of everything that you do in your organization needs to anchor back to, to that key feeling, you know, like 
is um, is the way that you dress or show up or the, your website or the the sound in your video or the, all of those things are are a touch point that are are painting a picture of what um, you know that should be re reinforcing this core story you know and so yeah there's storytelling that sort of like could be dressing on the cake but it's also like I think it gets deeper into an organization and like how do we operate and how do we behave and letting those decisions like shape um, you know policy and and um, how do you treat your employees and it's not just there's often this like wall that you know like marketing sales is on the outside and your job is just to manipulate people to come in the door and once they're in your job's done and i sort of see like storytelling is is, is no respecter of like it, it might be the employees that happen to be you know the, the customers that happen to be employees that sit down and get a paycheck but you still need to they still need to believe in what you're trying to communicate they even more so you need them on board with your mission and vision and what, what are the stories that you're telling them and how, how are you communicating who you are and, and in an authentic way that you can live up to. Um, and so like in my book, I think, I think the stories we tell have everything to do with, yeah, what's our, what's in our DNA? Who are we trying to be as an organization and our, and our culture and brand and, I think gone are the days that you could have this clean division of like, hey, we're this one thing out to the marketplace. And then, but internally, once you are a customer, once you're, you know, an employee or what, you know, that we'll do, we'll do and act and behave very differently. But because of social media, because of a lot of things, like it, the world's becoming a lot more transparent and we have to walk the talk. You know, we have to live up to these stories that we tell, you know, like there's this, uh, adage that uh, all marketers are liars and and i think the the comeback is marketers are liars because most brands are hypocrites you know so we're we're hired to tell these stories and then they don't actually live up to it but but i think anymore the, the brands that are successful are are authentic they're grounded in what they you know they can be aspirational they can still be growing towards and trying to become something but they it has to be um, it has to be alignment between what they say and what they do and who they're trying to be, um, and there you go. <laughs> well, it's funny as you're talking about all the you know the businesses and and marketing and departments and stuff. And I, all I can think about is this is this council is what each individual person should or could pick up and use on themselves. You know about not you can't be all things to all people you know um knowing your why you know having a goal or knowing where you want to be you know we all have an audience we're all marketing ourselves daily to our families to our friends to you know everything it's all marketing and stories you know we either we're either writing one writing our own or living with someone else's or something like that so this is you know a very good counsel for the personal, you know, this is like a personal, this is like almost like a self-help therapy session for me. Do I need to pay you for this? Yeah, I'll give you my Venmo after this. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, I'd never really thought about it, but just until, you, you know, just right now when you're, how you're describing it, it's like, this is, this is what we're all trying to do or maybe should be. 
yeah. to better ourselves and, and make a, make more of an impact in the world and help those around us. And, yeah. you know, on it, um, if, if I might say another thing that sure. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's the stories that we tell others. And I think even more important are the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, these, these scripts or ideas that we hold on to as if they're true. Um, so there was, there's a point somewhere in the, you know, in my marriage where like there was, there was something to be cut out with scissors. I don't even remember what it was. And I, I automatically handed the paper and the scissors to my wife and was like, Oh, I, I'm not good with scissors. And she's like, what are you talking about? You have great fine motor skills. You're, you're talented at this and that. Like, why, why can't you cut with scissors? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I just always knew I wasn't good with scissors. And she's like, whoever told you that? I was like, um, Mrs. Lubeck in kindergarten, I was cutting out a gingerbread man and it had a bow tie and it cut around the bow tie and it cut the head off of the gingerbread man. And she took the scissors from me and was like, you're no good with scissors. And she cut it out herself. And, yeah, and I just realized sure. like, since that day, I've, I've believed that story that I'm no good with scissors. And I was like, um, you know, and I think part of, part of the, the blessing of middle age of like, that you actually get to like, reassess like I, I have this suitcase full of junk that I'm carrying around and I pull it out and I'm like do I believe this is this still serving me you know if, it, if you think about it like Marie Kondo mm -hmm. you know you hold it you're right does this spark joy no I, I can let go of that this idea that I, I can't cut with scissors you know like I don't need that that's not serving me anymore spiritually and, decluttering yeah yeah you, you've got all these uh, ideas and dogmas that are the outcome of other people's thinking that you're like and and that can be a scary process of that unraveling of just like you know do i do i still want to be in my marriage do i still hold on to my faith do i still espouse these virtues and because i think sometimes we don't want to go there because like well what if what if i walk away from them but it, it's also empowering to just be like oh i i choose into this and i own this and i i'm actively choosing this to be part of my story going forward um, and I do so intentionally. And I think most of our lives up until, up until, you know, our prefrontal cortex is fully developed in our mid twenties. And, um, we don't have the capacity to like question these ideas, um, especially when we're little kids. Um, well, I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by your, your comment about, you know, that teacher in elementary school that said you, what did she say to you? What was the word she used? Oh, like you're, you can't cut the scissors or you're no good with scissors. You're no good with scissors. Like so that's 40 years. Yeah. That's amazing. The power of that one statement on your story. Yeah. The subconscious that, it, you know, just went into, you suck at this. So you will always suck at this. You know, that's, that's a, maybe that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. You know, that yeah. The, wow. <laughs> And like, I know we need to wrap up like the, the you know, my, my son is taking an astronomy class right now in high school, which I thought was, was, was cool. Like right in the mornings right now where we live, you can start to see um, Orion pop up, um, you know, and it's, uh, it just shows up in the wintertime. And 
you know, there's this distinctive three stars of his belt and like the, yeah, he's a hunter and he's holding a club and there's a dog by him. And, you know, the, the Greeks saw that, you know, okay, the, you know, they traced those lines and, um, and made this shape of a, of a hunter. And there's a story that goes along with like, okay, that it's obviously Orion the hunter and it's winter time is coming and it's time for the hunt. Um, so it's interesting though, like, so the Lakota Indians see those, that same pattern of stars and they saw a hand of God that was a symbol of peace between mankind and deity because there had been this feud and it was a symbol of, of uh, um, you know, this reconciliation. And so there's this sort of marking of like this peace contract in the sky. Um, the Chinese, um, See, it, it's like Chinese constellation that's part of the white dragon that um, connects all across the southern sky. And, you know, it's a, it has a totally different meaning and story behind it. And I just think if we can, if we can realize that when we look up at the stars, one, we're all seeing the exact same stars, right? Th those are fixed data points. Those are, um, but but the stories that we impose upon them, that we project upon them, tell more about ourselves than they do about the actual facts or the stats or the where the stars are located. And so someone else might see that same pattern and see a hand as opposed to a hunter or a dragon. And, and I think sometimes we, we, we like to believe that, no, the way that I'm connecting those dots, one, there's no line between the stars, but we, we see that. We, we, we impose that upon what is is out there and if we suspend some of our certainty and allow for like maybe somebody is connecting the dots in a different way and maybe their way makes sense for them and tells me something about who they are and what is it what does my story tell me tell about who i am and who i'm what i believe and what i'm projecting onto the on the onto the stars and so if maybe when we see that someone takes the same, you know, data points of whatever is in the news or this or that, and that they might connect those dots in a different way. And, and maybe I don't have to hate them because of they see different connections between them. And maybe I can, I can have a little bit more empathy that they're connecting the dots um, in a way that makes sense for them. And, um, you know, that, that, yeah. We're all looking up at the same sky and we're all part of the same, you know, under the same heavens. Um, and, and maybe that can give us a little bit more empathy for, for uh, our fellow human beings, you know? But yeah. There's, there's truth in all perspectives based on what you just said. And it, yeah, you're, you're helping me having some, I'm having some aha moments here today. So I, I appreciate that. But yeah. It's like, we're all seeing the same thing and processing it based on our own stories or our own experiences. So there isn't a wrong way, I guess, you know, to see it, you know, so. Um, well, last question here, is, is there anything, or maybe last couple of questions, anything that I, that you would, you want to talk about, you know, the, the story as, a, as an art form or as a medium that I haven't asked and then, uh, you know, basically, you know, what, what do you want people to take away from, from our time together today? Um, I mean, one thing that we're, 
we've been working on. So uh, have you have you seen the Netflix series like Chef's Table or Abstract? No. Okay. So anyway, there there's a documentary series that highlights a particular chef that it, one is on like a chef in New York and how he does like farm to table practices. And so it's, it's one, it's, it's a little bio on this, this uh, chef, but it's also exploring this idea of this movement in food of, you know, making things, knowing where the, you know, the source is and like this farm to table movement or that another one that's in Argentina that, that burns everything with like, you know, fire and it's, it's all like more primitive and, and primal kind of cooking and what does that say? Anyway, they're, they're really beautifully done and they're, they're these interesting explorations into these different uh, facets of, of food or the documentary series called Abstract that like one is on like the guy who designed the Air Jordan shoes or um, famous um, Danish architect and his, his philosophy. And so there's this sort of this genre of, of documentary series that, you know, on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or wherever. So we've been developing a concept that's kind of in that similar vein, but instead of like an architect or a, a chef, it's, it's more about change makers. It's about people you know, it's, and the series is, is all about like, how do you change the world? And, um, and each, each person that we interview or like show their, um, it's inspecting a different perspective of a different approach. You know, is it through science? Is it through rallying the youth? Is it a, is it a political change? Is it something that happens, um, you know, because of uh, economics? Is there a way that you do it? Um, you know, is it something about, uh, is it, anyway, like each of these, each of these characters, you know, each episode is, is a different uh, show that it explores that. So the working title is This Could Change Everything. And we had an agent that was going to be taking us to a Cannes Film Festival to the MIP TV um, section where um, like TV programs are bought and sold and funded. Um, but then COVID hit and that event was shut down and <laughs> we're hoping to resurrect that um, here soon. But like, um, you know, one of the, one of the characters um, is this guy, Gunter Pauli, who wrote the book, The Blue Economy. But, you know, like he, he's a Belgian, he has a factory that they make diapers out of um, bamboo and activated charcoal. So these renewable resources are more sustainable and, um, so they sell, sell the diapers they, with the provision that they collect them when they're used and they, use them, they plant them in their orchard, grow fruit trees, harvest the fruit, make baby food, sell them back to the same parents. This idea of a circular economy where there's zero waste. So like, is that something that it can be scaled? Is that something that if we as people like you leaned into, could we, could we change the world that way? Or another one about like someone who's mobilizing, they've, they've had 100,000 students each year participate in this business accelerator program that are trying to solve world problems, or is it about, you know, making plastics out of 
out of kelp or you know there or is there this biomimicry science that uh, we're learning how to solve the world's problems by learning from nature and so so each of these inspects like a different avenue but of um we're trying to take this idea of um social impact and how and making it accessible to and entertaining to the masses um so we're trying to still lined up some distribution and funding for that project is one of the fun things that we're working on right now. That sounds like complete, that's a fascinating concept. And it, it, I think it will allow, you know, just the idea because people think, well, how can I change the world? You know, well, it gives everyone a chance. I mean, you can all change the world in your own little small way, but it, it give everybody a chance to do something because everyone wants to feel like they're mattering and making a difference. So that sounds like a phenomenal project. All right, Jacob. I appreciate you being with me today. It's been fun catching up. It's been a while. Yeah. So I, uh, how can people uh, reach out to you if they wanted to find you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, if, you, if you can spell my name, you can usually find me. It's a tricky one. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, Isimo is, um, you can find us at issimo.co.co is our website. And um, we, we have some, yeah, webinars on storytelling that we try to teach people some basic principles and, um, and just examples of our work um, there. And, and happy to be a resource of just, uh, I guess, raising the caliber of storytelling that is, is done, particularly that, um, yeah, we can make better connections and make a better world. So. Well, those two clowns that were doing a, the debate the other night could use your help in a big way. So maybe that's your next project, you know, working on the freaking candidates. Yeah. You know, so, all right, man. Um, uh, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us.